Hello everyone and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball with me and Sam. Hello. Hello. Um, there's been a few things that have actually happened, haven't there, since our last podcast, um, even though it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, quite um, a lot. Quite a lot. Is that like, unexpectedly uh, started going? The hot stove. Yeah started getting very hot very quickly um which is all surprising is the last like two years it's like trended the other way completely hasn't it it's gone um stuff hasn't really started happening until almost the new year quite a lot of it yeah there's also been um the contracts handed out have been old school in as in not the last two off seasons type of contracts yeah like long Um, contracts I'm sure we'll come on to that. Like we mentioned it with Yasmani Randall before and with Mike Moustakis, definitely. I mean, hes I don't think he's a different player to the guy who just got one-year deals. They, he's not someone else now. Um, and Zach Wheeler, even. They're, they're yeah. the big ones that have gone so far, those three. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to come on to those in a bit, aren't we? We're going to start off with the uh, non-tendered players because there's the deadline for that. Um, yeah, like about a week ago, is... I think was it. Yeah, something like that. That was quite significant, really. Yeah, because there's some slightly surprising names on it. Or, well, um, yeah, that seems surprising, but I guess uh, I feel like a lot of people, maybe if they're players their own team, might understand it more. Yeah, so it's interesting because when you saw the list, there was a lot of, as there always is in baseball twitter landscape there was a lot of oh my god teams just don't want to pay their players and that's not really how i felt about almost any of them was there was a lot of yeah that you look at that and then you look at how they performed last year and how much they were projected to get in arbitration and you're gonna go yeah they're not they're not gonna work that money. yeah if yeah it depends if you if you if you say there's they've got a finite pool of money they can and they're going to spend that money yeah anyway they can spend it a lot more effectively and get a lot better value by spreading around and getting yeah, something the, else, basically, for the same amount. The big one I saw um, some people talking about was is basically that one-win players just aren't getting paid any money anymore. Yeah. Because teams I, now know that you can yeah. just make a one-win player out I of nothing. I think that is the big thing that has changed in the last um, the last few years, really, is that you were getting guys that were, like, basically, had never really been above average for their career. We're still getting once they hit free agency. We're just getting the traditional, like you know, like big money, multi-year deals. Yeah, uh, this is complete nonsense. Which people realise yeah. now. You know, you, there's a pretty good chance of just any random guy you bring out from the minor leagues performing at very close to that level. Yeah, well, I've got the list up here on the LB website. Some of the guys who were cut, for want of a better word. And one of them being Kevin PR. I know all the other stuff about him being great. Yeah. I'm guy and stuff. He played almost every game last year and had 1.5 war. Yeah. Yeah, he, I think he might have been... He was probably the like most durable player for the Giants, wasn't he? He played like the most. But he is absolutely bang average, is basically the thing yeah. with him now. In fact, as a hitter, he's slightly below average. It's and as the, a the, defender, he's average. The thing is, the, thing, the people that, that wanted to keep him were saying... Um, you know, surprised that he'd been released as well. The stats that you point, the 
people have been pointing to for him is like the home run RBI numbers. They're all counting stats, yeah. Yeah, it's just counting stats. It's like, yeah, he played every game. He led the team and in those categories because he was the only one who played that many games. And he never <laughs> got on base, you know. Yeah. He's, he's so basically I, not a good hitter, really. He, his free agency is going to be really interesting. He, he also kept batting five, didn't he? Un, un, inexplicably, he was batting like five and like right in the middle of the order all the time. Yeah. So he was coming up in, well, we know because we've watched quite a lot of the Giants, coming up in RBI spots a lot. Um, and really, for the amount of chances he had, I don't think his RBI number was actually as high as it should have been, really. Yeah, but he's, so he's a really interesting test case, I think, for this, is one, what sort of deal is he now going to get as a free agent? He's not going to get a one-year 10 million contract, I, I don't think, which is what he was projected to get. Um and also, he basically doesn't have upside anymore. Is he's thirty-one yeah. years old? As a defender, you think he's only getting worse. You wouldn't want to commit. He, that's to him. what he was known as. Yeah, that's, that's part of the offensively. There's no upside at all yeah. because he he's been like a, a ninety sort of a ninety OPS plus hitter basically his career. That's who he is. That's fine. There's some value in that to some teams, but also if you throw in like a quadruple A guy who's got some upside, they might be better than that. You can at least find something out. You don't learn anything with Kevin PRD. You know what it is, is the yeah. thing with these guys. And there's, the problem is there's um, still a little bit of a myth of that he's like a great defender. But he's actually, for center fielders, isn't he like basically just average now? Yeah. And he has yeah, been very... for like two or three years, I think. He's yeah. quite a few years away from being actually like a, a plus um, as a as a defender like better than any random guy basically you could pick up he's, he's just not anymore he's nothing special defensively still makes like spectacular catches sometimes but that's because of you know he always he's basically one of these guys that um, will always try he always tries to go for the the, the big, big play, play doesn't he when he whether he's at the plate or in the field which makes him look fun and exciting but a lot of the time it doesn't actually mean you that make you that good. You have a good highlight reel, yeah. Basically, but um, um, over a whole season, that doesn't. It's not really what you need. Yeah, well, he was linked with the Mets, wasn't he? His people, were, or at yeah. least, were trying to talk that into existence. And then they've traded for Jake Marisnik, which is kind of one of these interesting points again. Why why these guys get cut is Marisnik is admittedly not quite as good a hitter as PR. But he's a better defender yeah. these days, and they had to give up like two almost irrelevant prospects. Yeah, I, the, and well, he's the, other, the other thing as well that that is that is he, maybe he's not as good a hitter. Maybe is, is a thing, but um, I feel like a lot of the time when you have those guys that like centre fielders, typically you want them to be a good defender, and you then very rarely are they going to be good enough to be one of your like big sluggers in your lineup. So they're gonna be batting down down the order anyway. You sort of I feel like you just want them to not not completely ruin it, you know? If there's yeah. you know, you're in the middle of an inning, building an inning, you don't want him to just not completely mess it up, which Kevin PR I feel like has like a little bit of a knack of doing. I I've not really seen Marisnik, but maybe he doesn't he doesn't hit home runs much, but if he can just like put a solid at bat together you know, and walk occasionally when they when they are like um 
giving him a walk. I mean, I'd, I'd probably take that when, for your like number seven or eight hitter. Well, so I think it's also just a decent addition for the Mets. It kind of makes sense for them to just use up prospects that aren't going to change the world anyway. If it gets because they they are they clearly have a budget. We've there's a few things going around at the moment about the Phillies are going to spend an endless amount of money and the Yankees want to offer Cole a record deal and stuff. The Mets they get criticised for it. I think at times a bit too much, but the Mets clearly are not going to have a $300 million payroll. So if they can get a guy that's cheaper and roughly as good, yeah. it that just makes sense money could actually make a difference. Yeah, that, that extra bit of money might be a, like, yeah. a set-up guy. Yeah. Um, are there any other... There... I, I swear when I first saw this list, I thought it was more interesting than well, it seems. I'm, Trinan, I'm Trinan is an interesting one. Is yeah. The, I think... Um, well, he obviously had a bad year last year. But he was, he's also due to get about ten million or something, isn't he? Around that. Um, yeah. I, the athletics, I think, are probably. Well, if he was as good as he was the year before, they probably they'd, they'd keep him because he'd be the best closer in baseball. But I think they're, other than someone of that caliber, that is like, you know, Cy Young contending good. Um, I think they're just never going to pay that much to a relief pitcher. I don't think. No, well, almost anyone. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I think for like a, a bigger market team, I know I think someone will give them a go. Although oh, I definitely. Guess, do they? Do they? Are they going to have? Do they have to pay his arbitration money though? I guess don't they? How does that work? I think you can just agree a contract with them, can't you? They're okay, just a normal free agent now. But it's only like one year, I guess. Um, I don't. I can't. You just buy. Can't you just agree a contract with them? Aren't they just unrestricted free agents, effectively? Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Probably should know that sort of thing, but um, yeah. There was also C.J. Cron, who was who was projected to get paid like six or seven million dollars, and he hits loads and loads of home runs. But also yeah. first base slash DH types who hit loads of home runs. Yeah, and he's not actually that good. No. Like on, he, on base percentage below 300, just hits home runs. He just hits loads of bombs. Like, if you can have him as your DH in the American League, um, you're not going to be very good, probably. No. So he's kind of just a player that like you have around, isn't he? And you yeah. don't. most markets aren't going to pay someone like it's, that $6 million. Yeah, most of the time, for most teams, really, he, if you're actually trying to be good, he's like a you know, useful bat to have on the bench, but then also doesn't have any flexibility like for playing a different position so it's sort of yeah it's sort of not yeah. that useful he's like not... a pinch hitter you have, you'd have him as your primary pinch hitter maybe on the bench but you're not going to pay someone like that seven money million. basically any money at all <laughs> it's just it's kind, it's kind of a shame for those guys but yeah. the, particularly with how important versatility is now they're just they're not really worth almost anything above minimum yeah well Tell, well, the, another one actually that you you mentioned to me before was Domingo Santana. Yeah, he's because he adds goes into the I, well what I think is quite a crowded corner outfield market. Well, actually, all, Stephen Souza actually has also been non tender so you can add to that. But he's um he's actually had pretty bad injury problems, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's like probably more of um 
spring training invitation candidate, really, Steven Souza. But Domingo Santana, like, seems to every year, seems to be like one of the big, like, sought-after hitters on the market. But then always seems to get just, like, you know, released or people just, you know. Well, it's because he ends up, I think it's that he's so bad defensively. Because yeah, he ends up, his war ends up being really and low. Not that good a hitter. I mean, well, he's a very good hitter, but he's not so good that it completely makes up for being a terrible defender. Uh, also, I think last year there's probably probably some concern about his second half of the season. Ninety yeah. games in the first half, eight fifty OPS. Thirty-one games in the second half, four six eight OPS. Oh dear, that's not it. That's that's definitely not it. Look, the, the, look at this stat, though. You go right, right off the Albi website. Um, he barreled roughly the same percentage of his batted balls as Marcel Azuna, Freddie Freeman, and Juan Soto. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? They were yeah, all in the first off the season as well. He, he can hit the ball well and hard, which is quite, quite good if you're trying to be a hitter. Yeah, really, but he, like, yeah, he's he's definitely a player to watch out here. Because especially as he's been. Um, as he's been non-tendered, he sort of uh, he maybe will end up being more of a budget option than some of the other guys. Because so, as we discussed in the last episode, there's like Azuna, Castellanos, Cole Calhoun, Garcia, Puig. Yeah, all those guys. He, I think he just slots right into that group really as like, I don't know, he's, he's sort of a similar level to a lot of those guys, I think, really. I mean... Well, Azuna should be above that level, but I don't think he is at the moment. Well, particularly not when he's he's sort of weighed down by the qualifying offer, so he's yeah. really hard to judge. But it's like, yeah, if, if you want a corner outfielder, you, and a lot of teams will try and upgrade a corner outfield because that's like an easy spot to upgrade your lineup, really, isn't it? But you can get someone like Santana if you want to, you know, sacrifice a little bit of defense, get someone like cheap like that. But that's basically that's where the key decision making, I think, is for front offices. Is which one of those guys do you go for? Yeah, I think it's going to be for a lot of teams because, like you said, that's an easy upgrade. Particularly because you have, if you've got one good corner guy and you've got one you don't like as much, you just pick up any of these guys and figure it out. Yeah. Um, how much value do you get out of this? Do you pay Azuna too much money and lose a draft pick, and then he's actually a worse hitter than? like Puig and then it's oh my god you've screwed it yeah I know exactly it's really a massive decision you're right I think I mean without getting too far ahead of it is the sort of thing that could define how this free agency goes is who gets the best deal out of those guys because they are going to be bats that go sort of around the middle of lineups and it's a lot of the contenders are going to be looking at that aren't they yeah well like the Cubs I mean well the Cardinals obviously are losing Azuna um, so they'll, they'll probably go for someone like that as well. Yeah, and even teams lower down, just most teams can always do with a, a slugger on the corner, can't they? An yeah, uh, unless you're the Yankees, basically. Yeah, the Yankees don't need one. But, but almost almost everyone else, you can say, well, yeah, you could get this guy and play him in left and move that guy to right or whatever. You find yeah. a way. Um, yeah. yeah. Are there any other non-tender guys that are that interesting? Oh, Cesar Hernandez, actually. There we go. That's one that I thought was... Sort of interesting. 
But... I, I only have them as in the interesting group because the second base market is so completely pathetic and second base in general around baseball is... There is, but there's also a few other guys that you people would just get, like... I don't know, you get, like, Diddy Gregorius playing second base, don't you? If you need a yeah. second baseman. I don't think there's that many teams that need a second baseman. I, I reckon he's... I wouldn't be surprised if he's a minor league contract guy. I, I, that's what I'd expect, to be honest. What, Cesar Hernandez? Yeah. I think someone will give him a deal as a switch hitter that, you know, is actually okay. just don't really see where, though. Not much better than okay, but... Where he goes, because there's... I mean, there's a couple of other... Well, for example, actually, this could be a nice link on. The Cubs the need the a second baseman. Well, and I was going to say, um, for example, like the Reds just just paid Moustakis a load of money to play second base. Yeah. Like there's, That's one, there's loads one of guys like that, though. But like, like Gregorius, because there's not many holes at shortstop um, anywhere, I don't think. Like guys like Gregorius um, will probably end up, you know, signing to play mainly in a different position. Yeah, potentially. So I, I, I feel like he's even though there's not many actual sec, like guys that have played mainly second base in their career, there's a lot of people that are ahead of him. If you're looking for a second baseman, you're just the the people will go to have a, um, get one of those guys because he's not really anything special as he says, Hernandez. He's just no, he's but just... the shortstop market isn't particularly stellar either. I could see him going to like. The Red Sox or something, on not very much money. Maybe. I think someone will definitely. I think someone will give him a contract. It might not be very much money, or even the Cubs, because Addison Russell is another guy who just got non-tendered. Oh, yeah. And they will be interested in anything that's got, cheap. Yeah, I guess so. As like a just a, like an extra guy. Has he has he got options or anything though? Who signs as a free agent actually can. Don't actually know how that works, but um, yeah, but they've got the other guy. Remember that guy? What's his name? That they got from Italy or something. Oh yeah, like he he, Rob- he was their second baseman and doing really well, wasn't he? Robel Garcia. Yeah, that's it. He only had seventy-two at bats. Oh, right, but yeah, and but, wasn't particularly good yeah. in it. He was seven seven five OPS. I I I think he'll get a deal somewhere. I think he's good enough to get a contract. Ian Happ also. Ian, Ian Happ finally actually came back up, didn't he? Yeah, if they don't inex- well, they might need him in the outfield as well because yeah, but they're just they're not in a good position. Yeah, basically. I, I think it'd make more sense for them to sign a corner outfield of all the ones that are available though and play. Happ. It would, but I don't trust them to make the decision that makes most sense. Yeah. That's why I think they're the sort of team that would just... I, I agree that I don't think Hernandez is particularly a player that anyone should be rushing to sign. But teams don't necessarily function like that, do they? A lot of them don't think outside the box. I think a lot of teams will just be like, well, we could do with someone better at second base. And he's going to be yeah. cheap. And a switch hitter. And they'll get lured in by that and just pay him some money. And it'll be like, okay, he's going to hit like seven and be just below league average and it'd be well okay good that was a great use of everyone's time yeah it's a strange one so anyway we, let's move on as I was saying we can move on to you know my, my, my Mustakas is yeah. ostentatious contract 
It's quite interesting, that, isn't it? That move. I mean, I think it's slightly stupid. Really. It doesn't really make... Actually, did we... This hadn't happened, has it, when we last... Uh... No. No, I hadn't. But that's... Slightly insane, that contract. Because he's, he's been one of these guys that has been... He'd been a free agent, like... Seems like each year for the last few years. Yeah, um, and well, first time he like ended up going back to Kansas City after like all the goodbye stuff they had for all their um, World yep. Series guys that were leaving, um, and you know, and he's just sort of moved around, and then went and ended up playing second base at Milwaukee for a bit, and it, he's finally actually got a long contract. And it's like a five-year deal, four, 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 but, sixty-four million dollars. So it takes him until he's thirty-five. As a guy that's only just started playing second base, I mean, he's—you can't imagine. I mean, I don't think he's—he's he's probably not. I don't think he's a great second baseman now, exactly. But you've got to imagine that in like a year, but like in a, a year or two, he's not going to be able to play second base anymore, is he? And they've got Suarez at third. Yeah, and they signed him to a huge deal like a year or so ago, didn't they? I—I I found the narrative around this deal was very interesting. A lot of the comments were, this guy hit 35 home runs and he's their second baseman next year. How amazing is that? Well, uh, yes, I suppose so. But that's what happens. I mean, you could take yeah. Aaron Judge and put him at second base and go, well, look, our second baseman can hit 50 home runs. And, yeah, I mean, sort of. But if you move people's positions, this stuff doesn't really work yeah. quite as well. As It might work. It might work yeah, out. I, think, but I agree with you. Four like, years of that. Yeah. I think last year he was relatively solid at second. Like he has been, he has it's functional. Yeah, yeah, he's been functional there. It's just the fact that it's a long-term deal. You're signing him as a second baseman because you already have a long-term third baseman, um, and he's he's not going to be able to play second base pretty soon. Maybe like, the idea what? is he'll take over from Joe Votto. But then that's so. First. I just I just thought that, and I just looked at Votto's contract. That's a long, long way off. Votto's yeah, got years to go. Is, is it Votto? Fact, Votto's started being quite bad now, hasn't he? Yeah, but what are they going to do with him? Yeah, There's, his contract runs is, beyond yeah. Mustakis's. This is well, this is a big thing with the Reds, anyway, isn't it? Is that they basically they didn't spend spend any money around Votto when Votto was good. Yeah, and then I, they started spending a bit of money, and then and now Votto's bad, and now they're basically once again they've got no chance of being competitive, really, because what I don't like with so it is money and Votto. It's like you said, is they've misjudged around Votto and it's now they're trying to make up for it. But making up... Yeah. The, the Moustakis thing is sort of thinking out of the box. Like, I know the Brewers have been using him at second anyway, but by spending that much money on him to play second is a bit is a bit out of the box. I kind of like that. It's a bit different. But four years, regardless of position, I my eyes fell out of their sockets when I saw he was getting four years. Yeah. I just... Because... I mean, he... If you just look at his numbers over his career, last year, All-Star, 114 OPS+. Plus. 2015, All-Star, 119 OPS+. Plus. Most of the rest of his career, he's been a bit above average and not much more than that. Yeah, he's he's not Yeah, he's not like a absolute stellar hitter, but he's like... He's good. He's going to... Yeah, he, most teams, he'd improve their lineup. Yeah, but he's not I like a walk in, machine yeah. either. He's just... Yeah. He's a he's a very solid hitter who goes from somewhere between like good to just above average, and a, 
a team of the uh, whether we want to call it willingness to spend of the Reds or budget of the Reds, whatever we want to look at it, that's a lot of money and a lot of years to commit to someone yeah. like that. I think that's, that's the thing is when, when we're talking about those players that have been non-tendered and certain teams when they're only spending a limited amount they can spend it more effectively this is one of those i think yeah absolutely like the amount they've committed um yeah and that like i don't know they, they're not going to sign anyone else anywhere near that big are they the rest is off well, season well i would have said so um diddy gregorius was linked with the reds a while back he, had, he started his career off there yeah um and they, they were linked to them. They were linked with them as a shortstop. I assumed the idea with that was going to be that it was a one or two year deal for him to try and get his value back after injury and not being amazing last year. And there's at least a bit of upside there. I feel. Yeah. Maybe a bit more than with Mustakis because he has had these streaks where he's just hit home runs for fun, and their ballpark would favour him a lot as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I would have liked that more if they paid him to play short and then got someone else like whoever to play so second Hernandez. yeah maybe they did that yeah. and it would be like the same cost as getting Moustakis but yeah. instead and, they've just got less commitment yeah they've gone all yeah. in on him and it's like so now their infield for the next forever is Suarez Votto Moustakis and shortstop whoever that is yeah yeah well they still need a shortstop wait so what happened to um, Sanzel he's been playing centre field he he could possibly play infield could he, at some point. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, who knows? The Reds are just yeah. Let's stop talking about the Reds because they're basically not really that interesting because they're just sort of Voto is now bad, so they're going to be bad until Voto is gone. I think unless their rotation is ridiculous and they are in the market for yeah. a starter, but they the way their lineup looks, it needs to be an extremely good rotation potentially I think what we need we need to move on to is the uh, the Zach Wheeler deal which is like the biggest deal so far isn't it yep it is in dollars and in it's the Phillies so everyone gets all giddy about it five years isn't it five years 118 million dollars so it's over 20 million a year quite a lot over 20 million a year <laughs> yeah um, yeah this is a confusing one this is it's it's a lot of it is the stat cast stuff isn't it that people get excited about with Zach Wheeler yeah people get the sort of stat cast purists like stat cast numbers are everything like if you have better stat cast numbers you're just better um, but with Zach Wheeler the case is he has pitched in 126 major league games, and he's always had these good stat cast numbers, pretty much, hasn't he? I think he's always yeah. been a guy with great stuff, but he's never actually been that good. I mean, he's like, not been really dominant. Was it the second half? Second half of 2018, was wasn't it? Was this, I think yeah. it was the second half of that year. He was really amazing, but that's half a season. Yeah, 118 not, million dollars. Like, and he's not that young either. No, because I think the thing is here is that, well, it's the, I think the comparison that I've seen made is with Bumgarner is that this deal means Bumgarner's get loads of money, and then some people saying no, it doesn't mean that because Bumgarner's stat cast numbers aren't as good. But really, I think it's sort of it's sort of there is comparison between them because 
they are not that far off age-wise, are they? Yeah, and if I, I was Baumgartner, I would, and any team was speaking to me, I'd say I want more than Zach Wheeler. Yeah, but I mean, but how, how okay? So how old is Baumgartner? Baumgartner is actually they're the same age. I think. I think they're both in the age thirty season next year. Yeah. So they're effectively the same age. Um, I guess you could say that maybe Baumgartner's got more, a lot more rings in his arms, so maybe that sort of makes him older, in a, in a, as a pitcher, what in a way. But really, it's basically all based on the stat gas numbers. That Zach Wheeler's a, Zach Wheeler basically has high spin rate and throws hard, and Baumgartner doesn't. Yeah. But the problem is with that is it's like a massive simplification of just sort of the whole sport, isn't it? Well, is also, it... you then, you're basically saying that the actual results don't matter. That, well, we'd expect yeah. him to be better. So that's yeah. all that matters. Well, but in yeah, both what, cases... what you're saying, yeah, what you're saying there is uh, over both of their quite sizable samples, well, Baumgartner's a lot bigger sample. Baumgartner's 1,846 innings and Wheeler's 749 innings. The fact that Baumgartner's uh, results have been quite a lot better than Wheeler's is nothing more than a fluke, is what you're saying. If if you're saying that is, yeah, the Statcast numbers are everything. But there's obviously a lot more to pitching than just throwing the ball hard and throwing it with spin rate. I mean, it helps a lot. But it's but basically yeah, Bumgarner. is that's not Bumgarner's strong point, but all the other stuff is basically. So I, I think... it feels like Wheeler doesn't really have any of the other stuff. I mean you know, deception and, like, control and uh, mixing pitches and... But that's stuff that can... How you, how you pitch in the in the big moments and stuff when um, when there's runners on and everything like that. But this is what I ended up putting in my article about the Wheeler deal. Was one, I think it's a pretty big risk, but again, the risk doesn't matter as much if the Phillies are going to spend endlessly because then the money yeah. sort of becomes irrelevant. I think is a real test of their coaching. Yeah. So if you take take the example of Garrett Cole, he was another guy who had all this promise, great stuff. But when he was with the Pirates, yeah. he was basically meh. I think that's we a big thing, yeah. a, a bit better than meh, but not a lot better than that, really. I mean, he's he's pretty much an average yeah. starting pitcher through his yeah. career If, so if far. he went to the Astros, I think, yeah, he, he may well become, like, a really very good pitcher. Um, but also with the Phillies, is like... They've had like Eflin and um, Pavetta, who have similarly got really good stuff, but apart from like odd flashes, haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah, they feel like They've similar pitchers to an extent. Yeah, I think Zach Wheeler has more more velocity than any of their current guys, but you know, I mean, it's it's a similar sort of thing. If that Zach Wheeler has stuff on, on the Mets, most of the time he's not been that good. Well, as good as people think he could be, um, and it's basically the Phillies have done the same thing with their guys that have good stuff. So I'm not really particularly confident that he's gonna they're gonna make him into something else. I mean, I guess if, even the track record he's had for the past couple of seasons, I suppose, if he just did that for the Phillies, that would be pretty helpful for them at the moment because they are in a bit of a mess. Yeah, he'd still be comfortably their second best starter. Yeah. But I think he... So that's where... That's how this will be framed, I think, this signing. It will almost be framed by 
who else they sign as much as how good he is. Because yeah. say they signed, let's not do Cole and Strasbourg because that's sort of that change obviously changed everything so much. But say they got um, Ryu, yeah. and Ryu is really good. He basically is really good, and Wheeler then slots back into that third starter role. Which is but yeah. it's who he's been for his career. That's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a different. It's a way of doing things that not a lot of teams do now. But it's, yeah, it's basically like you you're doing you're doing the Yankees, which I guess they may well do that, and then it, it becomes a slightly different deal, doesn't it, compared to whether yeah. that is their main signing or not? Because if that's their main signing, they're not. Then the cards are going to be any better than this year. No, if that's their yeah. main signing, I think it's an enormous risk. I yeah. think they're basically they would then be banking on him um taking a leap to the point where he's almost as good as Nola or better. Yeah. So that they've got this like two headed monster at the front of their rotation. Yeah. What they need really though is, is depth, isn't it, as well? Yeah. I mean they we've spent so many hours to... on this podcast talking about the Phillies and it, yeah. it feels like the same old story is it's throwing cash at the problem. Yeah. I mean they've they've basically spent all their prospects now, so they're no longer that up and coming team. All you their do stuff. are gone. Or stop finishing fourth in the division, motive. lads. Yeah. I mean I, I saw just before we started recording um someone reporting that the Phillies apparently don't care about the luxury tax. I was like, well, okay. They kind of have to not care about the luxury tax. With the amount of money they've already got committed and how much work needs yeah. to be done to their roster, if they were going, oh, no, we, we don't want to spend much more, well, okay, you're not going to win enough games then. There is a bit of a question, though. When they just take this approach that they have, is why did they bother with the rebuild? Why did they bother with the being bad bit? Or did they not mean to be bad? I don't know. Because they haven't used any of it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, because of the way they're doing it, it's like you could have done this at any point. Pretty much. Why didn't you yeah. do this like four years ago or something? Yeah, because it. Well, they traded for Real Muto, didn't they? Yeah. That was the only one. Yeah. The others have all been free agent acquisitions. Yeah, it's I, not I like... guess there's like Reese Hoskins that's, that's come through and actually been good. Yeah. There's a, but they've got a couple of guys through, but it's like it's not. It's not like they've got a massive core like the Astros no. have had, where they've had all these guys on minimum coming up together and then that's yeah. been the centre of their team. Um, yeah, it is a weird one. Um, are there any other things that we should touch on? Anything else happened? Yeah, have you seen the trade that happened recently? The fan one? Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah, that... I, mean, I don't really know what to make of that. I I would always be wary from a Padres perspective of dealing with the Rays. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. feels like you're very likely to get off. Especially when you're giving away a prospect. Xavier, have you... Xavier, I don't know. Xavier Edwards, I always say it like that. Um, apparently, he's really good. Anyway, apparently, yep. I've seen people say that he's like a a fairly highly rated prospect. So they're just adding a bit more to their um, their young core. He's only twenty as well. Um, his first round pick in twenty eighteen. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a strat that I feels like they've sort of they had the outfield uh corner outfield surplus it would say for ages and they've blown it yeah they, because they, they traded got Samuel Reyes before, they got rid of the two best hitters out of it as well they got rid of the two best thing. ones yeah and they, well they sort of got fan back who I assume will be playing on the corner but I like, didn't realize how much he's dropped off defensively yeah I know I I, I was seeing that I looked, about that looked it up earlier he was absolute 
nightmare defender now. Um, Renfro's also under control forever, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't love him as a hitter. There's incredible power there, um, but it is a bit a bit swing for the fences stuff. But getting him under control for ages and a, a really highly rated prospect, it just, I don't know, I don't love it for the Padres. Partly because, like I said, my first inclination, if you're dealing with the Rays, is they're going to know more than you do. Yeah, maybe, than Hunter Renfro's going to be home run champion next year. Yeah. Probably. Um. And with the Padres, it's like, they've been actually relatively quiet on the rumour mill so far. Have you found that? The Padres, yeah. I've seen lots of reds and twins, and the white socks are popping up everywhere. But the Padres, I haven't seen much of this time. Actually, they traded um, Urias as well, didn't they? Yes, yes, they I did. I always forgot about that trade. What was that trade, actually? I've, I've actually forgotten everything about it other than they traded Urias. Um... Oh, it was they got an outfielder. That was it. Another one. They got Zach Davies and Trent Grisham, and they gave up Eric Laura oh, yeah. and Luis Urias. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because neither of those guys. I mean, I suppose Zach Davis is the idea is he's going to be an anchor in their rotation, is of an anchor, yeah, around their young guys coming through. It's like he's someone they can rely on. Um. But yeah, Urias, though, like, one of these guys that was very, very highly rated not so long ago. Didn't work out in his, life, part, like his first season. Um, Doesn't it feel a bit J.P. Crawford, potentially? Yeah. What What do you mean? What would the... Well, was in, yeah. uh, he, was, he was meant to be the part of our, yeah. our sort of core, and then it didn't work out. And it didn't now work out immediately, and now, we're, yeah. now we want to win. He traded him away, and then I mean, it's still yet to see really what happens to JP Crawford. But yeah, he could he, he had quite a good year, didn't he, last year? I think across um, yeah different levels. I, I'm just I'm very wary of these teams, and I guess the Phillies and the Padres are a very good examples of this. Particularly as they both picked up the um, the marquee acquisitions last off season. Teams have been in have been bad for a long time, are now trying to yeah. be good. I think that, they just get a bit. A bit tetchy. That's the they key bit, isn't it? They've, it's very easy to mess it up. It seems, and after don't... all this time where you've been being bad, you've been bad for a long time to get, you know, get ready for this moment, and it's the transition into actually being, you know, consistently good. Yeah, they seem to mess up. I mean, I think the Padres, the Padres could still be. I mean, I think that that could end up being a good move because. They did really need help in the rotation, I think. Like some, someone with a bit more experience. That's... Trent Grisham really mashed in the minors last year and used to be a high-rated yeah. prospect. So there's upside there. So, so yeah, with the corner outfielders they've got rid of, they've got, they've sort of got another young guy in. But that's the weird thing of it, isn't it? Is that they've, they've in one way, they've transitioned from getting getting rid of Lewis Urias is one of the guys that you would have thought you're going to wait and give him some more chances because he's meant to be really good. They've switch that into like a veteran pitcher well not quite a vet you know he's not that old actually Zach Davis but he's um you know exp more experienced but then the other way they've got rid of Renfro and Reyes last year their best hitters um in the corner outfield and basically got Trent Grisham who's probably going to play there a bit bit of a dice roll because yeah. so in, in the outfield they've sort of gone the other way you know what I mean they've 
traded their experience guy for a prospect. Yeah, I sort of don't get it. One of their prospects. They're sort of both the trades sort of going in the opposite direction. I, I feel like the Padgers have done this a few times over the last few years. Yeah, I, that's what I mean about being wary of them, though. And in, yeah. in both cases, particularly because they've got their money committed and they're like, we've got our stars now. It's time to try and be good. And then they just start doing stuff. Is like, did they need to trade Hunter Renfro away? I mean, what? And now you've replaced him with an outfielder who... He's just another corner outfielder. He might turn out to be like Hunter Renfro. Like, I, I sort yeah. of don't get it. it. It feels like I agree. Zach Davis was a nice pickup, but you could have picked up someone similar in free agency for not that much money. I mean, yeah, it's almost like they're moving stuff on the board because you've got the front office sat there like, we're meant to be trying to win. Let's do some stuff. And I don't think they're necessarily negative. I agree with you that these moves could all turn out to be positive. They just feel a bit like, just leave it alone. You've worked yeah. this long so that you've got, you're in a good position. You've got a great farm. You've got young players, both at the upper minors and now in the major yeah. leagues. I think that's the key thing of what the Braves have done, really, is that they have... They haven't messed around, have they, really? They've not no. traded away any of their young guys, the ones that were actually good, at least. Um, and then have managed to just add these veterans on like short deals, like getting Donaldson for one year last year and stuff. Keiko even midway through yeah. last year was a big Instead one. Instead of trading for someone. You know, yeah. You can the, These guys that are left over at the end, that are still good veterans that you want to have to mix in with your young guys, I mean, very good veterans in some of them, in some cases, like Josh Donaldson, like, you know, former MVP and stuff. Um, you know, you can pick those guys up without having to give up your prospects. It's sort of the way the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's like Tommy Pham is a, a decent, well, he's a, a bit better than a decent hitter. But did you need to do that? Yeah. Particularly at that price, where they've given up a prospect yeah. and Renfro. Like, is he? Yeah, like he's he's not better than Renfro, is he? No, he's only under control for two more years as well. I mean, he's I, less control than Renfro, and possibly well, hit, not as good a hitter. I don't know. The upside's obviously not the same. Well, you've only got him for two years anyway. But like, Renfro's potential is very high just because of the raw power. Yeah. It. I just find it slightly confusing. I. I don't. I'm not really against it per se. I'm just. It's a question mark. Like why Why did you do it? What was the point? Yeah. It's, I, I, well, I was saying, they've, I feel they've done a few things over the last few years where they've done deals that contradict each other. Like, what was it with the... Um, when they traded away Brad Hand a couple of years ago, what was that? When they traded away Brad Hand and... Um, oh, Adam Simba, wasn't it? Yeah. And they, who did they get? Oh, yeah, they got Francisco Mejia. It was like, yeah, yeah it's a good prospect. But that was like a few months after they signed Eric Hosmer to that long-term deal. Yeah. As in like yeah. a win now, we're winning now now with Eric Hosmer. A few months later, trade away like their elite closer, who did, I think he had a few more years of control. Actually, is he still under control? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he is, exactly. So he had a few years of control. Like they could do with him now. Yeah. What, so they just well, sort of they had win now mode. A couple of months later. Him and Kirby Yates, blimey. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they trade him away for another prospect. And it feels like they've sort of done a similar thing here. They've traded away a prospect to get Zach Davis. It's like, okay, good. They need an experienced pitcher to try and compete. But then it's like, okay, and then you've traded away Hunter Renfro. I mean, they've got Tommy Pham back, who I suppose is also another experienced guy. 
but they, they're probably going to play Trent Grisham on the corner quite a lot, but it's like, could have just kept Hunter Ranfro and played him there. He's under control for a long time, you know he's good. It's sort of, they're sort of doing, going both ways at the same time. It doesn't really make sense. I love it. Yeah. There's a lot of things, well, like you said earlier, actually, I and mean, we've got to finish very, very quickly, actually. But I just want to make a point, like you said earlier, of the trades being... Um, you said it specifically about um, one of the trades, uh, the deals earlier, the Wheeler deal. That in the uh, uh, whether it's good or not really depends on the context of the other deals they do, which I think is the is the case with every deal and with the Padres. It's like if you did half of them together, they'd be good, and the other half together, they'd be good deals. But they're just m- mixing them up. It sometimes doesn't make sense. Yeah, I you know, agree. Did you want to say anything very, very quickly? Because we need to stop in... No, no, not really. I okay. don't think there's anything bad. Okay, um, goodbye then, everyone. Bye. See ya.